new video. This is the second part of my best songs of 1967. A little while back I did uh, 11 to 20. I'm now going to do the top 10. Go through these songs all from 1967. They're all singles uh, and they all uh, captured my imagination uh, when I was uh, 13 years of age. So let's get on to number 10. Ichiku Park by The Small Faces, written by Steve Marriott and Ronnie Lane. And largely written by Lane, though. It's one of the first music recordings to feature flanking. This was made possible by electromechanical processes, whatever that means. A number of sources claim the song's name derived from the nickname of Little Ilford Park in the London suburb of Manor Park. That's where Steve Marriott grew up. And the Ichiku nickname is uh, attributed to stinging nettles, which grew there, and, and the feeling that they created. Marriott and Small Faces manager Tony Calder came up with this story uh, when uh, the BBC banned the song for its over-drug references. So there we have it, stinging nettles. Um, the ban was then lifted after this explanation, uh, and uh, Steve Marriott once went on to say that we're, uh, the Small Faces is very much an R&B and music hall band and nothing to do with that sort of drug-induced psychedelia. Um, and uh, that's what Itchy Cool Park is about, having a drink and having a party. So now you know. Great song, though. At nine is Sweet Soul Music by Arthur Connolly. Uh, it was written by Connolly and Otis Redding, and it's based on the Sam Cooke song, Yeah Man, from Cooke's posthumous album, Shake. Uh, the opening riff is a quote from Elmer Bernstein's score for The Magnificent Seven that was released in 1960. Sold over one million copies and got a gold disc. Uh, Cooke's manager, business partner, rather, Alexander, wasn't too happy about these references and sued Reddy and Connolly for uh, appropriating the melody. And a settlement was reached in which Cook's name was added to the writer's credits. Uh, Reddy agreed to record some songs in the future for Gags Music, which was a, a Sam Cook Alexander enterprise. The songs are homage to soul music uh, and it mentions in the lyrics... Uh, a number of songs, uh, going to a go-go by the Miracles, Hold On, I'm Coming by Sam and Dave, the famous Mustang Sally by uh, Wilson Pickett, and Far, 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 Otis Redding. Uh, and uh, the instrumental version uh, um, is an interesting uh, uh, variation of this. Um, and uh, it's got on it uh, James Brown's uh, words, Hit It, Otis. Uh, and anyway, that's a sweet soul music by Arthur Connolly. It's my number nine in this best of songs for 1967. Eight then, uh, Respect by Aretha Franklin. Originally recorded by Otis Redding. Released in 65 then as a single from his third album, Otis Blue. But when Aretha got a pause on it, uh, it became a huge hit. Uh, and it became her signature song, resulting in uh, uh, two versions, though, uh, are significantly different. Uh, there's a few changes in the lyrics. 
and different narratives around the themes of human dignity that have been interpreted in, com in commentaries uh, in relation to gender roles. Uh, Fra Fra Franklin's, Franklin's interpretation became an anthem for the feminist movement in the 70s uh, and she picked up two Grammys in 1968 for the song uh, and she was quite controlling in her uh, music and the rhythm section were told how to perform her established arrangement of the stop and stutter syncopation. Uh, she worked out new parts for the backing singers as well. Uh, recorded uh, coincidentally on February the 14th, 1967, Valentine's Day. And so uh, on the bridge, of course, there's a tremendous tenor sax solo by King Curtis, uh, which were basically taken from chords from a Sam and Dave song, When Something Is Wrong With My Baby. Uh, Arita played, having a scratch, sorry. Arita played piano in the number, and the arrangement was by Arif Mardin, and it's absolutely awesome. Respect, number eight, Arita Franklin. Seven, this is Waterloo Sunset by The Kinks, uh, featured on the album Something Else, Composed by the frontman Ray Davis, it's one of the band's best known and most acclaimed songs, reached number two UK charts. The lyrics describe a solitary narrator watching or imagining two lovers passing over a bridge with the observer reflecting on the couple. That We also uh, see the Thames and Waterloo Station. The song was rumoured to have been inspired by the romance between two British celebrities at the time, Tarrant Stamp and Julie Christie, who had starred in the 67 movie Far From the Madding Crowd. Ray Davis actually denied this in his autobiography and claimed in an interview later that it was a fantasy about my sister going off with her boyfriend to a new world and they were going to emigrate and go to another country. In the UK, the song is commonly considered to be Davis's most famous work, and I love it. Waterloo Sunset by the Kings. Then, Light My Fire, The Doors, uh, recorded in 66, but released in January 77, and it was on their uh, debut album as well. Uh, released as an edited single in April 67, principally written by Robbie Kruger, uh, although credited to the whole band. Uh, when it was performed live uh, on the Ed Sullivan show in uh, September 67, it caused a little bit of furore. The doors were asked by the, the producer of the show uh, uh, to change the line, girl, we couldn't get much higher, as the sponsors were uncomfortable with the possible references to drugs. However, the meaning of the line was confirmed to be literal, as in high in the sky, but they still weren't happy about it. So the band agreed to change uh, the words uh, using the amended, amended lyric, girl, we couldn't get much better. However, during the performance, Jim Morrison basically put stuck his fingers up to them and sang the original lyric. And uh, that ended uh, the Doors Association uh, for uh, ages with uh, any commercial TV stations. Uh, and and uh, it's also uh, uh, probably why it became such a quintessential work for the psychedelic rock genre. Well done, Jim. 
and it's my number six, Light My Fire. Another Beach Boys hit, Darling, from Wild Honey, that album that came out in 67, written by Brian Wilson, Dave and Mike Love, inspired by the singer Danny Hutton, uh, and uh, was originally intended to be recorded by an early version of Three Dog Nights, uh, uh, Darling. Carl Wilson ultimately sang the lead vocal, and uh, uh, it's a pretty strong track, as were most uh, Beach Boys releases uh, at and around the mid-60s. So it's my number five, Darling, by the Beach Boys. Long set of songs this year, uh, and so my number four, Strawberry Fields Forever, the Beatles, of course, uh, double A side with Penny Lane, uh, highly influential on the emerging psychedelic genre. Lennon based the song on his childhood memories of playing in the Garden of Strawberry Field, a Salvation Army children's home in Liverpool. It featured reverse recorded instrumentation, mellotrons, flute sounds, an Indian swamandal, whatever that is, tape loops, and a fade-out, fading coda, as well as a cello and brass arrangements by producer George Martin. It was intended for inclusion on the Sgt Pepper album, but uh, pressure from the record company and management for new work, the group were forced to issue it as a single, and then adhered to their philosophy of omitting singles from albums. George Martin, the producer, recalled that when he first heard Strawberry Fields Forever, he thought it conjured up a hazy, impressionistic dream world. So now you know. Great song. Number three then, Jimi Hendrix Experience, Purple Haze, written by Jimi and released as a second single uh, by uh, after Hey Joe in March 67. It features his inventive guitar playing, which uses this signature Hendrix chords, and a mix of blues and Eastern modalities, shaped by novel sounds and uh, advanced processing uh, techniques. Because of the ambiguities in the lyrics, listeners often interpret the song as referring to a, 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 a psychedelic experience with LSD. And in fact, at the time, uh, the drug LSD conjured up the nickname Purple Haze, uh, if you wanted to buy it. Uh, I know that because I, I remember buying it. Oh, what a confession. Uh, it's described by Hendrix as a love song, uh, produced by Chaz Chandler, of course, uh, and uh, he heard the riff uh, and was knocked out by it. Uh, and uh, Chandler claimed that after some urging, uh, Hendrix wrote the rest of Purple Haze after that initial riff in a dressing room at a London club during the afternoon of a gig uh, in, on Boxing Day in 1966. The guitar solo features the first use of an Octavia guitar effects unit. Acoustically, an electronic engineer, Roger Mayer, developed the unit with uh, input from Hendrix. Uh, well, uh, less of the technicalities, just to say that this uh, uh, single really launched my uh, idolization of this man um, but the main agreement is that it was about a dream that he had when he was walking under the sea uh, 
Anyway, so there we are at number three. Uh, and a brief, brief lyric, sorry. Purple haze all around. Don't know if I'm coming up or down. Or am I happy or am in misery? Whatever it is, that girl put a spell on me. Very brief, but it gets you a flavour. Number three, Purple Haze, by the Jimi Hendrix Experience. Wow. Two then. I Was Made to Love Her by Stevie Wonder, written by Wonder and his mother, uh, and uh, included in the same titled uh, album that was released in 67. It peaked at number two in the Billboard Singles chart, and it, it's really stood out, uh, really, as one of his classics. Um, it's very much a true song. The last lyric line, you know Stevie ain't going to leave her, was ad-libbed by Wanda. Uh, clavinet and harmonica featured the Funk Brothers uh, backing bands and the Andantes on backing vocals. It's a true classic. Number two in my top ten for 1967, I Was Made to Love You, Love Her by the wonderful Stevie Wonder. Go then, How, what, num, what famous single have I uh, left out? You probably guessed it. Number one, A Whiter Shade of Pale by Procol Harum. Uh, it was on their debut record in the States, but we didn't have it on the debut album in the UK. Although it released as a single, it went to number one, stayed there for six weeks. Uh, and no promotion really on that. Very much an anthem of the 67 Summer of Love feeling. Uh, one of the most commercially successful singles in history. Sold over 10 million copies uh, and an enduring classic. Uh, and lots and lots of cover versions uh, by a bevy of, art, uh, uh, of other artists. It's got a Bach-derived instrumental melody, very soulful vocals, and unusual lyrics uh, composed by Gary Brooker and Matthew Fisher, and the lyrics were written by a Keith Reed. Now, Keith Reed uh, got the title and starting point apparently from a song at a party, and he overheard a conversation uh, by a man to a woman saying, You've turned a whiter shade of pale, and the phrase, phrase stuck in his mind. Uh, and uh, uh, there are various interpretations to this film, uh, but may mainly it's uh, about male-female relationships in that party atmosphere, which may or may not have led to uh, some sexual activity. Uh, the mood of the party was the, the basically the motive behind the song, and uh, I'm inclined to go along with that rather than any convoluted explanation uh, that we've heard uh, elsewhere. And so that is my number one uh, for 1967. And it's, it's really, it really stands head and shoulders uh, above all the song singles that year and possibly all the singles that have ever been released. Okay, that's my take on 1967. Probably went on too long. Hope you enjoyed it. 68, coming up soon.